this is gonna sound very grandiose, right? But it, it, this is this is it. It's it's literally to make the world a better place. And that may sound like, how are you gonna do that with a martial arts school? You got 300 students. What are you gonna do? How are you? It's not even a drop in the bucket. Well, my philosophy is, if we could all just take care of our own backyard, keep the grass cut, pull the weeds, plant the flowers in our own backyard. If we all do that, we just do our part. We can make the world a better place. And yeah. you know, the reason I, I love, obviously, the name Hero, but I mean, literally, like, why I can't, I, I decided, you know. We teach martial arts. It's like a superpower. If you put it in the hands of the right person, they can do good with it, right? They can help people and, and help empower other people. If you put martial arts in the hands of someone who has a bad heart or bad intentions, they can harm people with this, right? Yeah. And what we want to have is like a hero factory. We want kids coming into our school, regular kids, you know, they come through our academy. Three years later, they graduate and they go out into the world, little mini heroes. And ready to inspire and take on the world. So it's not only us taking care of our back, own backyard, but it's inspiring our students to do the same thing. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to the Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Josh Arsmont. Josh, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Um, I know uh, you, we were just talking before we got, got the recording started. You're in, uh, in Texas, is that right? That's right. Houston, Texas. So close, closer to the, uh, to, to the Gulf of Mexico. So my, uh, uh, my audience knows we travel full time. Um, we spent a good while in Houston. That's where my third, my fourth daughter was born, was um, just in Conroe, just north of Texas, the birth yeah. center there. Yep. Um, and I had my first crawfish boil there. Oh, um, yeah. That's big. Which, which I was like, all of our Texas friends were like, oh, we're doing a crawfish boil. You got to come. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's a crawfish boil? And because I'm a Southern California person and we don't eat crawfish or even know what they look like. Yeah. Um, and we go to this, go to this big thing and there's just, like a truck that is just making hundreds of pounds of crawfish and you get like a, a cardboard a big giant cardboard box and they just like shovel that's right <laughs> shovel yeah, crawfish it, it, onto your plates it is a big deal here I, i'm my family's originally from minnesota so i'm, I'm kind of with you it's like a little bit out of my comfort zone uh, all my friends love it it's like this big you, you got to have a crawfish boil like every other month here it seems like yeah it's a, it's a thing <laughs> that yeah, i didn't it realize a was a thing until i was invited <laughs> to one and then like my texas buddies are like they went through an entire two pounds of crawfish like really quickly and we're going back up for more and i'm still like 
they've gone through an entire plate of crawfish and I'm still trying to figure out how to get the meat out of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I'm starving. <laughs> yep. It's, it's a skill. It takes time. It takes time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we had four children as well. So you're like, you're trying to eat a crawfish while also trying to help four other children be able to figure out how to eat their own crawfish. Yeah. So um, it was cool, but I starved. So. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's your my, experience with Houston. <laughs> yeah, that's my experience with Houston is crawfish boils and making a baby there. Well, yeah. you know, birthing a baby there. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's a good story. Yeah, absolutely. So what I want to do to get started here is just dive into uh, your introductions. My audience who doesn't know you can get a little bit an idea of who you are. Um, so Josh Arsmont is an accomplished martial artist who holds a sixth degree black belt in Taekwondo. I'm um, held the uh, Texas or the title is Texas State Champion in 04 the founder of Hero Martial Arts Academy, which is a martial arts school created to empower children to become the champion of their own lives, routinely does public speaking engagements for kids and adults, as well as free self-defense workshops for his community. So what I want you to start off with for me, Josh, is why don't you tell me a little bit about um, what your business is like, who you serve, and what you do for them? Well, you know, we're a martial arts school, and there's there's uh, uh, hundreds of different types of martial arts schools, depending on who they learn from, what style they teach, um, what market they're going after. You know, our martial arts school is specifically designed for kids, uh, families, but you know, every, every kid's got parents. So it's kind of, we, we focus on children. And, and the reason for that is just, I have a heart for children. I have a heart for working with the youth and, and, and inspiring them, pointing them in the right direction. And so we use martial arts as a platform to really teach more skills that are applicable to life, such as leadership development, uh, money management. I mean, we go into a whole plethora of different uh, concepts that we just feel like, you know, martial arts can take a student so far, but we have, we have their attention for such a short time while they're with us. Let's do our best to point them in the right direction while we have that, their attention. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our main focus is just martial arts, teaching children and empowering children to become more confident and just great leaders in life, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. So we my, have the name uh, hero. <laughs> my, um, some of our good friends in South Carolina are, they, all their kids do Taekwondo and wait, we stayed with them for a few months. My son went and did all the Taekwondo classes with them every week for like, I don't know, three or four months. Nice. Um, and he loved it. Um, and still does. And he still practices his, uh, I'm going to butcher this. The, 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 I don't know what they're called. They're the, it's like the, the, you go forms? through the, yeah, the forms. forms? Yeah. It's yeah. like his tiger form is yes. one. And then like the, I can't remember what the next one is, but there's like the first three, he got through the first three of them in the first three months, or whatever. So he still practices those. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good for memory. It's good for coordination and focus and just, you know, getting kids to move move and think but move with a purpose you know and, and who doesn't yeah. love to kick and punch and yell and all that fun stuff you know that's i fell in love with that at an early age and that's that's literally why i'm doing what i'm doing now because i love that yeah, stuff. yeah and it's it's a it's tremendously helpful for body confidence um and and i don't i don't just mean like like the way you view yourself but like your actual confidence and what the skills of your body are Right. Um, he's like my, my kids have done gymnastics and, uh, and martial arts both, and it gives them a tremendous amount of confidence in their, their skills. And, you know, we live a pretty adventurous lifestyle. Um, so they get to use their body a lot, um, yeah. and to see how confident they are hiking and climbing and doing a lot of other things. I think a lot of that comes back to the things they've learned in gymnastics and Taekwondo. Yeah. 
I think, yeah. And I think martial arts really is, is like, it's, it's everything. I mean, really martial arts is meant to be like a way of life. So running, jumping, swimming, climbing, hiking, you know, and self-defense, all of those things to me are martial arts in a sense, you know, it's learning how to use your body and, and learning how to live in this body and extend our lifespan as long as possible, because, you know, we can, we can practice for that you know, that bad guy we may meet in a dark alley one day, but realistically, that's not who we're going to have to defend ourselves against. It's going to be ourselves. It's going to be our choices, our lifestyle, um, you know, heart disease and stress. And all of those things really are make up the component of self-defense. So yeah, movement is martial arts. And, you know, I always encourage my students to just get out and move. You don't have to throw a kick and a punch to be practicing a healthy lifestyle, which is in essence, yeah, martial yeah, arts. I had a, uh, a martial arts educator friend of mine tell me that uh, movement was life and flexibility was uh, was the, what, what do you call it? So movement is life. And he said, flexibility is like an indicator of your health. Um, uh, yeah. And he's like, so if you can keep your flexibility as you age, um, he's like, it's, you know, that's one thing you know about babies, they can bend themselves in half. So if you can still bend yourself in half when you're <laughs> at the other age, you know, flexibility is so a, true. Yeah, everything tightens up as we get older, doesn't it? I mean, it's yeah. just life kind of tightens you up, you know? Yeah. So every good comic book hero has an origin story, right? It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. And I want to hear that story, right? How did you, were you born a hero? Were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to become a martial artist? Yes. <laughs> right? Or did you start a job <laughs> and eventually become an entrepreneur? Um, yeah. How did you well, get started in this career? Well, you know, um, this career of mine really just started off as a, as a, as a passion. Um, you know, so I was born in 78. So kind of raised in the 80s. And, uh, you know, back then, my childhood, I just remember uh, ninjas were everywhere. You know what I mean? On TV and movies and cartoons. Ninja Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And even before that, like, I just remember, uh, I don't even know, uh, G.I. Joe, right? Storm Shadow, I think he's up here. (laughs) You know, and so ninjas were just everything. But to me, they were like superheroes. You know, they weren't real. They're just these guys that can, you know, jump over buildings and throw the smoke ball down and disappear. And that's, that's also like uh, Bruce Lee and Jackie yes. Chan, like movie stars were really big then. Yeah, huge. On Sunday mornings, I used to get up and uh, they would play martial art movies in the morning on every Sunday. So we, you know, have the uh, Sunday morning matinee with some different uh, martial art movies. My, and that my was just my childhood. Why I like all the martial arts movies. So I was like, they're nostalgic. I love them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought it was so hilarious because they were dubbed over, you know, we... <laughs> Uh, and so really, but I never thought that was something you could do because it was just in the movies until I got home one day from school and, uh, popped in this movie. My dad had rented, um, called the karate kid. I'm sure you've seen it, right? Come on. Everybody's seen karate kid. So I watched that movie and it was like, uh, on Netflix, is it on Netflix? Yeah. Well now they got Cobra Kai and Cobra Kai on Netflix. Yeah. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing, you know, like, but but I watched it and was like, wait a minute, this is like the first time I saw like an, an average ordinary person doing martial arts. And it was a kid, you know, who had this mentor. Anyway, the story just resonated with me. You know, I was a shy kid. I had a speech impediment when I was younger, all the way up until like middle school. I couldn't pronounce my R's correctly. So I had to go to speech therapy class while all the other kids went to music class. So I kind of thought of myself as this, you know, the kid that couldn't talk right. Um, my, my feet were angled funny. I couldn't run well. 
And I just had this self complex of myself that was just kind of less than uh, average. Uh, so when I saw the Karate Kid, I was like, that's something that looks like something I want to do, you know? And so I begged my parents to sign me up for a karate class. And back then in the, in the mid early eighties, you know, now there's a martial arts school on every corner, but back then there weren't a whole lot of them, but uh, long story short, they ended up signing me up for a martial arts class. I fell in love with it. I bounced around uh, toying with different, uh, you know, different other uh, sports and musical instruments, but martial arts always stayed a constant in my life. And it really opened up. It really changed the way I looked and thought about myself, the way I looked at myself. I always kind of like equated to um, living in a house for the first 10 years of my life. I lived in this house and in this house, there were all these doors, but they were locked and I didn't have the key. And when I started martial arts training, I remember the first time I got up and in front of the classroom for a belt test and I had to break this board and I was terrified, you know, I'm like, here I am, the kid who is scared to get up in front of people and I don't think I can do it, but, you know, I can't back out. So I go up there to break this board and, and of course I break the board. And, it, and at that moment, it's like I, I found this key It unlocked this door in my mind. And, and what I thought to myself was like, man that's easier than I thought it was. I thought that was going to be hard and it was easy. And I literally in that moment thought to myself, I wonder what else I can do. I wonder what else I can do. And it really opened up this door. And through that door, I realized there's, there's more rooms and there's more doors. And it just really inspired me to keep, keep, you know, pressing forward, keep going through those doors, find the keys, find the people in my life who had those keys and really surround myself with the right people and just keep pressing forward. And, and that's, that's basically the gift I want to give back to my students now is to show them there's things out there that may seem difficult at first because you haven't done them, but with the right training, the right mindset, you can open those doors just like I did. And, uh, and did you, when did you decide to open a martial arts school? Was it? Well, so this is, this is a, this is another part to that origin story. So, uh, so I ended up moving, uh, to a different school, different area, different town. My mom divorced my dad. We, we they split, and tenth uh, grade year, I started off at a new martial arts school, it was a Taekwondo school. Originally, I had done karate. Went to this Taekwondo school. While well, my mom and my martial arts instructor started dating, and later would get married, and uh, it became a family business of of sorts. You know, Mar so it was this it was this passion thing for me that started off that way, and then became a family business. So, you know, ten, uh, let's see, uh, senior year of high school, you're kind of deciding what do you want to do with your life? And I'm looking at, you know, my soon to be stepdad and my mom running this martial arts school, you know, all, although back then it was a very small operation, but I looked at them as like, that's the life I want to have. And so I, I started uh, my senior year in high school teaching martial arts classes and just kind of following that path. And I, I worked for them for 15 years before ever opening my own uh, school. And I opened my own school that was 12 years ago. So we've been open Hero Martial Arts Academy. We founded that 12 years ago. We've been open for 12 years now. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I like I like your story of the uh, the first board break. I actually got to... Uh um good good friends of ours that my my kids did that martial arts class with we got to be there for their board break um i, I don't know is it, is it a ceremony i'm not sure it's like their te their tests testing um, yeah the test and so I, got to, I got to film it and their youngest kid i think he was six and a half seven um and it was his first time doing the board breaking and i remember like i, I got to stand up right because i was filming them for fil filming it for them um 
and he does he he's he's doing a uh, like a, a down kick um, yeah. on the on the board um and he he did, the first time he did it, he did it incorrectly and he hurt his foot and and I remember he's he's laying on the ground crying about it and oh, like no. just seeing the whole class and the whole school sort of like rally around him and tell him that like no you can do this get up and try it again and like um and just teaching him how to sort of like overcome that failure and break the board was super cool it is so. yeah it's a metaphor for life you know what I mean I mean a lot of things are but but specifically that board you know it's like uh it's kind of like Tony Robbins talks about he said the two things in life that will hold you back are fear and frustration and I think about it, I was like, that board really represents both of those things, you know, like you, you, you're going to be fearful, you know, can I break this board? What if I don't break it? What if I get hurt? What if people laugh? You know, all these things go through your mind. And then sometimes you hit it and it doesn't break. Right. And then yeah. frustration sets in. It's like, what are you going to do now? You know, so you have that choice. What are you going to do? You're going to keep fighting. You're going to push through or you're going to give up. And what a great lesson to learn early on in life, you know? Yeah, like, yeah Absolutely. And you can see you can see the palpable change in his character after he got over that, get up and did it again and succeeded. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's super cool to see to see how that impacts children. And, that, and, and that's that's why I do, you know, so that's really why that's where my heart's at. That's why I started doing this. Um, had no idea, had you know, back then didn't understand anything about business. I wasn't even thinking about business. I really wasn't even thinking about money. Um, but I came to realize that if you're going to run a successful martial arts school, you have to run it in like a business and you need to know, you need to know how to market and you need to know how to train your staff and you need to know, you know, how to run a business, the finances of it all, because if you don't, you won't have students to teach yeah. <laughs> and you won't, you can't make a living off of just passion, <laughs> you know? So yeah. That, it's, it's an interesting thing that every category of business you have to learn, right? You, yeah. you, a lot of businesses are started because of passions like like that to change the world and to leave um, leave an impact. And you get slapped pretty quickly with the reality that like also you have to know how to run a business, and right. those skills are transferable and you can get them from any industry. Like right? you have to train staff, <laughs> run your finances, do marketing. Like that stuff is universal. Um, and so, but you have you have to learn that no matter whether you're you know picking up trash for commercial real estate or uh you know running a martial arts school or you know we run a podcasting agency all those things are required yes sir yep so i want to talk a little bit about your superpowers that you've developed over your career right and you know every iconic hero has their superpowers whether that's their fancy flying suit made by their genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky or maybe their super strength um, in the real world, here's what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills that you were born with or you developed over your career that really help you to slay the villains in your client's life, help them come out on top of their own journeys. And the way I like to frame it is if you look at the skills that you've developed, there's probably a common thread that ties those skills together. Hmm. Um, and that common thread is where your superpower probably is. What do you think your superpower is in your business? Well, I would say... Initially, so I, I kind of wear two different hats, right? There's the martial arts side where I'm the, the the master instructor, I'm the head, you know, honcho, I have all the stripes on my belt. And I really feel like in, in that aspect, I it's 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 it boils down to connecting with people and mm -hmm. understanding how to connect with different types of people and 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 understanding how to connect with kids, right? Like four-year-olds. 10 year olds, 15 year olds, and then you've got your adults and, and understanding that the, to connect with someone in their 20s is different than talking and connecting with someone in their 60s. And someone who has, 
you know, who's an athlete and can naturally do anything they want versus someone who has a disability and how to connect and, and motivate each one of those types of people in a way that's going to best move them forward and, and help them in their journey through life. I feel like that's the real superpower, if I, I guess, if I had to call it that. And, and, and I say that because, you know, we do have staff and we do have other, you know, instructors. I have other instructors that teach for me, but I find that part is, is one of the things you really can't teach. You know, it's one of those things that you're kind of, you're kind of born with. You have that intuition coming into life with that. Um, you can always make it better, but it's really hard to teach those things. So off the bat, that would be one of the first things I would say, I guess, would be a yeah. superpower. It's, it's a great superpower to have, especially being able to communicate with different people, different skill set levels and different experience in life. And I, I know like my, my son was in gymnastics for a while, um, for a number of years. And, um, he, he was not, um, he, he had a buddy that was in class with him. Who's one of those natural athletes that you were talking about mm. and the kid could do everything, just yeah. whatever you want to do. He could just do it. And yeah. my son had to practice at all of it. Um, and I remember having to have discussions with him about like, cause he could see that difference and it frustrated him. Yeah. Um, and being able to motivate him to, to still want to practice, even though his friend doesn't have to. And I was like, listen, you know, talent will only take you so far. I was like, if that kid doesn't take his talent and also add in the hard work of the practice and everything, you'll beat him every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Cause, cause hard work trumps talent. Um, but you know, when you, when you mix those two things together, that's when you get magic. But at the same time, you know learning how to motivate kids through those kind of things is a, you know, that's, that's the superpower in and of itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like some kids you can, you can, you can kind of like, uh, you know, be a little more aggressive and snap, at, you know, not snap at them, but kind of raise your voice to kind of motivate them like a drill instructor and they love it. Other kids yeah. you do that, they start crying and, and yep. just knowing how to do. And, and this, I think that's great in life and in business, you know, understanding how to read the room, how to, how to, you know, in sales, it's important to be able to mirror different people and, and understand how to communicate with them. And I think that's just a useful skill in life. But, and, and I guess, you know, to the other flip side, as I said, that would be my martial arts superpower, but I guess in business that could probably be the same thing as well. And, but I would say it's not so much with my students it's more with my staff, you know, motivating yeah. them, inspiring them, connecting with them, because that's been another challenge on the other side of it is just, you know, keeping, keeping the dynamic together with when everybody's just so different. <laughs> so this is an interesting question that comes along with the type of business that you're running, right? So you, you have a business where the person who's paying for the service is not the one who is, is, is like going through the service, meaning generally your customer is the parent and then right. then you're providing the service to the kid. Right. And so how, do, how does that sort of play out in like learning how to like, how, how do you make sure that what you're providing is both giving the parents what they're expecting and paying for and also helping the kid get where they need to go? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question because, you know, a, a lot a lot of the times parents will bring their kids to us because the kids are begging to take martial arts classes. What, maybe they saw it on TV or they saw us at one of their elementary schools doing a demonstration. So that's one type of a client. The other type of client is a parent who, you know, heard from a teacher or from a friend that this helps with, you know, hyperactive kids, or it'll help bring the confidence out in their shy child. So you'll have a mix and, and you know, so you'll have some 
people who are there because their kids just want to have fun. And then you have others who are there because their kid needs help. And this is their last ditch effort to get them the help they need because they heard this could help. And, and then, so you've got the child's needs and wants, and then you have the parents needs and wants. And, and even to some degree, I have my needs and wants as far as like what I want from them, what the vision is for this child in the long run. But I think the important thing is to, to, for us anyway, was to just build a martial arts school that really just hits all of those points, you know, we got to make it fun for the kids. We got it. We got to, we got to make sure we're relatable, make sure the curriculum and what we're teaching is fun because there's a lot of different ways to teach and a lot of different things you can teach them. And then also make sure that's for the kids and then make sure for the parents, they're hearing the things that they're telling their kids already at home, right? Get ready for bed, uh, uh, do your homework, clean your room. You know, like these types of things are really things that I'm a parent. I know I tell my kids this all the time. Uh, my martial arts uh, communication doesn't work on them anymore because I'm around them all the time, you know, like they get used to me. But having that outside influence is really important. So I guess the, the answer is basically just designing a curriculum and a way of delivering that curriculum that, that hits all of those points with the parents and, and the kids. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing because that's not very common in the business space because a lot of times the person who's buying your product or service is the one who's going to benefit from it. Um, so yeah. you, you have to sort of like have your messaging and your, your curriculum and everything that you're doing, be able to talk to both the parent who's paying for it and the kid who's using it. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like an, an added layer of complexity that you have to deal with. Yeah. So like I go a lot into, uh, I go into the elementary schools a lot and we'll do, uh, basically I'm the PE teacher for the day and I'll teach martial arts and character development. And the teachers want us there because we're going to talk about focusing, discipline, showing respect. Uh, you know, uh, working hard, setting goals. That's why the, the teachers want us there. The kids don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? They don't really want to hear that. They just want to run and they jump want, and kick. They want to punch something. Stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a mix. There is a mix of like marketing. You know, if we went into the school saying, hey, we'll help you with your confidence. And you're saying that to like an eighth grader, they're going to be like, oh, you know, this is. Like, I don't care about my confidence. Like, yeah. Not- <laughs> you know, I don't, that's not cool. You know, but, but if you, 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 if you come in talking about how, how you can help them with, you know, you know, whatever else, X, Y, Z, you know, for at different ages. So yeah, it is a, it is a little tricky sometimes, but ultimately the buying power goes to the moms. So, you know, when we talk about marketing, it's really marketing to moms. Like what, what are they going to, what are they going to catch on to that's going to want want them to enroll their child? And I think it, for us, it comes down to like confidence. Mm-hmm. I believe everybody who signs up and enrolls for martial arts wants confidence you know, or self-esteem or belief in themselves in some way. You know, if it's a, if it's a, like, let's say an older adult who comes in because they want to lose weight, what they really want is they want to feel confident. They want to yeah. feel good about themselves. They want to look um, good. Naked. Some students come in because they got <laughs> assaulted. What's that? I what said they want to look good naked. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. it's a, it's a, a core, core design. That's on the, uh, yeah, we checked that box. It's on the uh, enrollment sheet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some people come in because they, they got assaulted and now it's like life or death for them. It's like, Hey, I don't, I don't ever want to get put, get put in that spot again where I can't defend myself, but they want to feel confident, right? They want to feel good in their own skin. They want to walk around knowing they can protect themselves. And for the kid who's getting bullied at school, it's the same thing. So I just believe everybody wants confidence. So that's our main message. We just, we, we put it out there that we you know we'll help with confidence. We, we say that in different ways, right. Depending on who we're talking to the kids, adults, teachers. How often do you have to 
field the question about why taekwondo versus you know jujitsu or karate or whatever does is that a thing that comes up regularly in your marketing or in your discussions with parents is like why choose taekwondo over other martial arts yeah it definitely can and and, and so like if someone called and we do taekwondo we do also jujitsu and so we do a little bit of everything but you know let's say someone calls in and they say hey i want to do jujitsu obviously we don't do just jujitsu so the next question for us would be well like well what are you looking to get out of jujitsu you know, what specifically are you? Well, I heard that, you know, a friend of mine told me that it helps with confidence or a friend of mine told me it's the best martial art, you know? And so we kind of get into this conversation and basically help understand like, what are their needs? What are their wants? How can we fix this problem? And, and then also then kind of educate them that, Hey, maybe jujitsu is what you heard works well and it does, but also we can help with this as well you know so a lot of times people will call and ask about a particular martial art because they don't really know what else to ask they just heard you know taekwondo they heard this word karate but you know if someone's specifically looking for a type of martial art then of course you know if that's all they want we'll steer them in that direction but nine times out of ten they, they want the benefit yeah so they're, they're not looking for the the specific martial art they're looking for some benefit they think some martial arts going to get them correct that's right yeah yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so I want to uh, I want to I want to flip gears and talk. You know, you know, if the superpower is one side and that you know the ability to communicate with people and talk to them, the flip side of that is the fatal flaw, right? So just like Superman has his kryptonite, or you know, Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. You probably have a flaw that you struggled with in growing your business, something that held you back. And for me, it was a couple of things. I struggled with perfectionism for a lot of years, so it kept me from shipping product. And I struggled with self-care, um, which really, you know, brought itself out in not having a good relationship to time. So I would overwork myself to death or not having a good relationship with clients <laughs> um, and letting them walk all over me. Um, but I think more important than what is what the flaw is, is how have you worked to overcome it so you could still grow? And hopefully, you know, our audience can learn a little bit from your experience there. Yeah. Well, you, you hit on some good ones. And I think as you were saying those, I raised my hand on a few because I was like, you know, I've, I've. I've been through that as well. And in some ways still going through that balance, you know, of work, life, family, uh, rest, uh, relaxation and all those things, because, you know, I am passionate about what I do. So I tend to like put a hundred percent into everything I do and I love it. So it's hard to, it's hard sometimes to hit that break when you love what you do, but you, you know, I understand now as I'm getting older, that it's important because if I'm going to pour a hundred percent into my passion, I can't give hundred percent unless I'm rested, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. I agree with that one, but you know, really as you were asking that question, I think it, for me, it comes down to, and I'll relate it back to martial arts because that's what I do. Uh, but when I was coming up through the ranks in my twenties, I competed a lot. Mm -hmm. you know? So I went to competitions, did a lot of Taekwondo competitions, ended up winning the state Texas state championship. But through that process, I learned some things. And, and one of the things I learned was you, you got to have a good coach. You got to have someone who has been where you want to go and, yeah. and, and knows what it takes to get there. And then you have to be coachable is the other part, right? You can have a great coach, but if you're not coachable and I've been on both sides of that chair, you know, I've been the competitor. I've also been the coach to my students and I've seen some really amazing kids with talent who just don't listen right or yeah. they take that talent for granted it's like you said you know talent the talent isn't everything you know uh, consistency and hard work beats talent so i relate that back to business and i i think when i started 
Hero Martial Arts Academy, I kind of was like, hey, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I don't want anybody's input or advice. I'm just going to do it my way, put my blinders on and go. And that was great. And, and, and I made, made it pretty far, but you know, I didn't make it all the way to where I wanted to go. So I, I guess my thing would be finding some sort of coach or a mentor or a group of people or a network of people who can help you and not being so, you know, have this ego that you have to do it all and you know it all. And if you didn't, then this, you know, business doesn't mean as much because you didn't do it all on your own. Yeah. And so through this process, I've learned to kind of like, you know, I guess swallow my pride a little bit and, and hire coaches and, and, and surround myself with mentors and kind of get out of the industry and talk to other people and really open my mind. That has helped tremendously. And it was kind of like one of those moments where I was like, yeah, come on. Yeah, come on, martial arts instructor. You say this stuff all the time. You got to relate it to life and business as well. So that would be my kryptonite if there was one in the beginning is just being too, too short-sighted not to, not to look for coaches and people who could help. So I, I have an interesting thought on that. Um, and it comes out of like, I, I literally just got off the, the, the call that I mentioned because we were a couple minutes late recording this interview. I was on a mastermind call with my, oh. my group master, my, my business buddies. Nice. Um, and one of the things that we've learned over the couple of years of developing this mastermind is that in order to get the most value out of it, you have to be willing to be selfish. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times as business owners, that whole thought process, if I'm going to do it all myself, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's pride, but sometimes it's also just the, that misguided concept of like, if I ask for help, then um, I'm, I'm taking instead of giving and like, you have a, that whole giving attitude that like, Hey, I'm just going to give all the time, um, and never ask for anything in return. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a weird mentality that we have, but you, sure. you realize, you realize that like, sometimes you, you, you need to ask, you need to ask for help and you need to ask for someone to, um, to give to you it like, you know, and, and which requires you knowing what it is you need and, and asking for it and being a little bit selfish, be like, Hey, I need help in this area. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a weird, weird sort of like mental block we seem to have as entrepreneurs about yeah. asking for help. <laughs> it's true. But you know what I found is like most times when you do ask people want to help. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. Like it, this is fun for me just being asked to be a part of this. Like, this is so fun. I get to talk about what I love to do. I get to kind of provide some input. Maybe someone will listen to it and take something away from it. So anytime someone is, is an up and coming entrepreneur or thinking about starting a business and they want to talk, like I'm always available because I just, it's fun for me. I want to help people who are coachable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people that want to help. Yep, absolutely. And so like, once you realize that, then you sort of have to work that muscle of like learning how to, to look at what you're doing and think to yourself, what do I need help with? Like, what, what is going to help me grow? And where can I go and find someone who can help me do that? Yeah. Um, and, that's, you, and then to your, to your question, like what you, you ask, like, what is your kryptonite? Like, that's kind of like that question, right? It's like, do you even know what you need help with? Do you even know where your weak points are and where your blind spots are? Yeah. That's a great question for people to ask themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then having a coach, they really help you see those blind spots. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's a, it's a perspective thing, right? Cause you mentioned being someone who's been there and done that and got the t-shirt, right. They have a different perspective on whatever the process is than you do. Cause you haven't done it before. Um, and I was, I have a story I tell regularly about, uh, 
um, you know, in one of my masterminds, one of the, the guys who was running it pulled me aside after the end of the mastermind. He's like, Hey, when you get back, I need you to go and do this thing, like hire, hire this person, give them this job and, you know, do these things. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I can't afford to do that. Mm. And he was like, I know you think that I was, and he's like, but just do it anyways. Um, and I vacillated that on for, for, for a few months and then finally did it. Um, because he told me I had to, right. Because I was like, yeah. and I, but I was like, I can't do this. I don't understand why he's telling me I need to do this. I mean, I did it. And like within the first 60 days, it completely paid for itself. Um, and then you have that new perspective. You're like, Oh, I see what now you see what you didn't see before. Yeah. Cause you have those blind spots. Cause you haven't been there. You haven't done that. You don't have the perspective that they've got. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. That's so, because I mean, think of how much time you, you save by doing that. You know, we only have so much time in this life and we're trying to get so much done. And uh, yeah, if you can, if you can talk to someone or take someone's advice and they can save you like a year's worth of time and, or, or longer, you know, and, and you can miss all these uh, landmines along the way, like why not do it? You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. But you gotta be coachable. You know, you gotta take that. And sometimes that's scary, but, but once you do it and you see the results, now you have that. Oh, okay. I, I see. This is going to work. You know? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of being coachable, I want to talk about a common enemy that you fight in your business. Um, you know, we, we say here, every superhero has their arch nemesis, right? And it's the thing that they have to fight against in their world. And we like to put it in the context of your clients, right? And I guess we mentioned this earlier, because you have two clients, really, you have your students, and you have the ones who are paying for the students. Um, and it's a mindset, or it's a flaw that you have to fight to overcome with your clients so you can actually get the result that they came to you for. What is that common enemy that you have to regularly fight against in your business? I think it would be, you know, early on, I, I, I needed every new client and I tried to be everything to everybody. You know what I mean? I tried to, hey, you want this? I'm going to deliver. You want that? I'm going to deliver. Oh, you want this? I'll start a class in the morning. I'll start a class in the night. What about Saturday? You know, I was always just trying to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't boil it down to like, what is going to be our niche? What's going to be our thing? What are we going to be known for? And so I think for us, the, the, the thing we have to fight always is to not, sometimes we're not going to please everybody. We can't be all things to everybody. And um, we may have a client that we really love and they may want us to go a certain direction with maybe changing the curriculum or changing the schedule or whatever, but we have to stay the course and say, no, this is what we're going to do. We're on a mission. We have this vision of where we're going and we can't let certain clients change that for us. And that can be difficult, especially in our business, because we're so emotionally attached to the kids and to the parents. And some of these Families are with us for years, three, four, five. I mean, we've had some families 10 years. You really feel part of the family. And that can be very, very difficult too when, when a client leaves, you know, for their own reasons or whatever, but feeling that loss. So trying to stay, you know, attached to them as individuals, as an extended family, but also, you know, run a business and, and run it the way it's supposed to be ran and learn how to say no when it's appropriate. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because you're it, you're you're almost building a family within your business, and you know, it's it's hard to tell mom you're not going to be there for Christmas, you know, for for the Christmas holiday this year, right? Because yeah. you're doing something with your own family. It's the same kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Where you're like, no, we can't actually put together that class at that time because it doesn't fit, align with our business goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and that's that that can be a rough thing. I could I would imagine with with how close you get to clients over the years. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I've just learned that when you do that, you stress yourself out. You just, you can't, you can't be all things to all people, you know, and it's okay if, if you got to tell someone, no, you know, I think that's important, you know, in, in, in any business is just got to know your market. You got to go after what it is. What are you going to be known for? Who are you going to be? Yeah. Um, and I've, I've actually found over the years of growing my business that saying no actually had the opposite effect that I thought it would, right? Because you always fear that like, if I say no, I'm going to lose clients, yeah. right? Or I'm not going to be able to grow the way I want to go. And when you find out is when you start being more aggressive with how you say no, and saying yes, only to things that are exactly right for your business, it actually helps your business grow. And it helps your clients and your referral partners know how to better refer you because you have a very clear, like, this is what we do and who we help people, what we help people with yeah. is because yeah. you get better at saying no. <laughs> yeah. It's like having a, a, a compass, you know, you, you know, where North is all the time. And once you have that internal compass, every decision you make in your business is easy. You know, once you know where you're going. But yeah. in the beginning, you're just like, I'm trying to get everybody. You know, I was trying, you're just trying to get any client you can. And I think that would have been a, one of the things early on. If I had known that early on, I think that would have helped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the flip side of your common enemy, right? If your common enemy is what you fight against, then your driving force is what you fight for, right? Mm -hmm. So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it you fight for with the Hero Martial Arts Academy? This is going to sound very grandiose, right? But it, it, this is this is it. It's it's literally to make the world a better place. And that may sound like, how are you going to do that with a martial arts school? You got 300 students. What are you going to do? How are you? It's not even a drop in the bucket. Well, my philosophy is if we could all just take care of our own backyard, keep the grass cut, pull the weeds, plant the flowers in our own backyard. If we all do that, we just do our part. We can make the world a better place. And, yeah. you know, the reason I, I love, obviously, the name hero, but I mean, literally, like, why I, can't, I I decided, you know, we teach martial arts, it's like a superpower, if you put it in the hands of the right person, they can do good with it, right, they can help people and, and help empower other people. If you put martial arts in the hands of someone who has a bad heart or bad intentions, they can harm people with this, right. Yeah. And what we want to have is like a hero factory. We want kids coming into our school, regular kids, you know, they come through our academy three years later, they graduate and they go out into the world, little mini heroes and ready to inspire and take on the world. So it's not only us taking care of our back own backyard, but it's inspiring our students to do the same thing. Yeah. So as they go out and they grow and they raise their kids and their families, you know, so spreads the yeah, message. Uh, so. I, I have a philosophy um, about, you know, how you make the world a better place. Um, and like, you know, one, one of my, my things, we have four kids and I was like, people ask me all the time, like, why do you have four kids? And I, and I, I always respond with essentially four, four kids or whatever the number is, doesn't really matter. Like you make the world a better place by raising kids who are better than you are. Right. And they're, they're messages essentially that you you'll send to, to times and places you'll never see. Mm. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's almost nothing better you can do in the world to impact the future than to raise up good children. And that's really what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and there's a lot of kids out there who, who need positive role models and, 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 you know, in our work, a line of work, we've got obviously really great families who bring their kids to us because they can afford it. They can, you know, they have the disposable income and they make the right decisions, but there's so many kids out there who don't have that opportunity. And so well, a big part of what we do is to give back to the community is to go around to some of the schools in our area who are 
you know, underprivileged and, and work with those kids for free. And like I said, we'll go in, be the PE teacher for the day, help work with mentor the kids, give back to the schools, donate money, donate time. Because some of these kids, will, they'll come up to us after, you know, a fifth grader will come up to, up to me after a class and say, hey, you know, what do I do? Um, you know, my mom's on drugs, my brother's in, in jail, and I don't know what to do with my life. How do I make it better? And you're sitting there talking to this kid and you have two minutes to like say something to them. And they're, they're literally reaching out. For, they need somebody. And, and in essence, it's heartbreaking sometimes, but I'm like, hey, we just got to do our best to, to point them in the right direction and to make a difference and to keep our doors open. But I mean, that's the real ultimate mission is just to make the world a better place. That's it. And yeah. all I know how to do is martial arts. So that's, what, that's how I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a great thing to do for people. Um, and I don't know, I was just I was just thinking in my head while you were talking. I was like, yeah. I wonder if there's ways that you could like get other businesses or other thing to like sponsor students um as as part of like their their marketing. It's like, yeah. hey, you purchase a thing and we'll sponsor us, you know, you know how like they have the whole programs where it's like, you know, you if you buy this product, you'll sponsor a entrepreneur in Africa or whatever, right? Yeah. You could have yeah, like yeah. set up a local community thing where you could I don't know, get some of the other business owners involved. And when they, when their clients buy, you'll, you'll sponsor, they'll sponsor a student or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's actually a great idea. It, the trouble we, we find is that having a support team at home that will actually. Yeah. Take yeah. Them, like take, you know? take them and bring them to the classes and that kind of stuff. That's, that's the hard part, man. That, 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 that's where it's at. So like an after some sort of after school program where they can maybe stay after school and do something there. We've, we've, we've done that a few times. Um, but that's, that's the challenge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out. And it's like, cause that's where you, that's where you go from, you know, we have a business that's running profitability. How do we take some of that profitability and turn that into like giving back to the community? Right. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that you find a lot of businesses are trying to figure out ways to do that. Yeah. Right. Cause, um, you know, and so it, it, it's a, it's just an interesting aspect of business that I think a lot of people who aren't entrepreneurs don't realize how important that is to most entrepreneurs is figuring out a way to give back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, giving back and, and, and that's just a, it's a great feeling, but it's also, it's good for business. Cause look, people want to do business with, with, with yeah. businesses who are giving back and doing something bigger than just, you know, making profits for themselves. So I think it, it's a win-win for everybody when you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to switch gears and talk about some practical stuff. I call this the okay. hero's tool belt, right? And just like every superhero has their tool belt with their awesome gadgets, like their batarangs or their web slingers or their, you know, big magical hammer that they fly with. Um, I want to talk about top one, maybe two tools that you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything like your notepad, your calendar, something you use for marketing or, you know, for your service delivery, something you think is essential to actually getting your job done on a daily basis to run a martial arts school. It's this thing I'm on right now, my, my laptop. I mean, I use this thing every, obviously every day. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I'm on this thing. Everything's on here, right? It's on my Google Drive. I've got every document I need, everything. I, I can run, you know, remotely. I can run my martial arts school from this computer. I, uh, I took last year, I decided to take the month of July off and travel and yeah. have my team run my school. And I just kind of help with them and train them remotely from this very computer I'm on right here. <laughs> and I just, you know, 15 years ago, running a business, we couldn't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. We couldn't run it like this with, with, with the technology that was out then. So without a doubt, the, the number one thing on my tool belt is this computer I'm on right now. <laughs> it's amazing too, because you look at like the tools that we have access to today versus 10 years ago. Um, and it's like, and 10 years ago, 
was like 2012, but like you go back 15 years ago, that's like pre-smartphone. Yeah. And, and, you know, there was no online tools and like, you'll talk like the startup costs for a business to just get access to like basic stuff. Um, Like the cost that it would be to buy like Microsoft word (laughs) all by itself costs more than like all the tools you need now that you can run your whole business from it costs less than what Microsoft word cost 15 years ago. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. And And not to mention just the information, you know, like what's, what is out there? just the podcast you can listen to and the video YouTube. And I mean, there's so much information. I just don't know how anybody could fail <laughs> nowadays. It's like, I remember 15 years ago when you couldn't get this, you had to like, you had to really seek it out. You had to read the books. You got to go to the workshops and the seminars. You got to take the notes. And now you can do it just right here on a computer. You know, there's yeah, just anywhere you want, anywhere you want. Yeah. And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. So I want to talk then about some of your own personal heroes. Right. So every hero has their mentors. You know, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, and even Spider-Man had his Uncle Ben. Um, unless you watch the newest movie, that one's uh, Aunt May. Um, <laughs> right. So who are some of your heroes? Were they uh, real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? Maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in growing your martial arts school? Great question. Uh, I, most of my heroes are people who are directly connected to me family members. Uh, I can think back when I was a kid, my grandfather, he owned his own business. And so he was, uh, it was a twine producing a twine company in Minnesota. And I just remember as a little kid going into his office, looking at all, looking at his desk and his stapler and him talking to me about his employees and, you know, it was over my head. But at that time, I just remember like, wow, this is really cool. And it really set the precedent to me is like, Hey, one day I'm going to have my own business too because I had that role model to follow. And then, and then as I got older, my mom married my martial arts instructor and we ran a, a family business. So I've always had like entrepreneurs in the family. Um, I had another stepdad before a martial arts stepdad who owned a business as well. So my brother was an entrepreneur before I was. So it's always been in the family and those people have really inspired me, I guess have been heroes in a way 
to help kind of like, you know, shine the light or have the flashlight, like pointing the, the direction to go and like, hey, if you could, if they can do it, I can do it. And really just like almost expected like, hey, I, I got to do it. They've done it. You know, I can't be the only one not to do it. Um, so those people in, in, in that way have helped me tremendously. My mom, you know, just being there for us throughout my whole entire life, like just doing what, you know, sacrificing what she could throughout our lives to, to make our lives better. And uh, that's been inspiring. So on that front, but, you know, I think there's so many different heroes just throughout life, you know, some I've never even met, you know, there's in, in the books I've read or um, the seminars I've attended, um, you know, early on, I was given when I graduated high school, uh, one of the people I tested for my black belt with, his name was Buddy McKegg, and he was, at that time, he was 40, so he was much, much older than me, I was 18, and he gave me a graduation gift, it was a box set of cassette tapes, <laughs> and uh, it was, I remember on the front, it said Les Brown, and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, great, I got cassette tapes, I'm 18 years old, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with these cassette tapes, you know, so I threw them in the trunk of my car, and they sat there for a year, year and a half, and one day I was on a road trip and I was like, what is this? I popped it in and it was Les Brown, motivational speaker. And he just spoke to me for the next hour, hour and a half. And I'm like, man, where have these tapes been my whole life? And the answer was they were in my trunk, you know? And so I just think back to like how many of these heroes that we have are there in our lives, but we're not ready to receive the information. So I decided at that point, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to seek these people out and read the books and listen to the podcast and so there's so many people, but it's so important to have those role models in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always amazing to me to hear who those role models and the heroes are for everyone because yeah. it's it's always so interesting because it's it you know there's always the the uh, the you know the big names you hear like Les Brown or Tony Robbins or whatnot those pop up, but how yeah. very frequently it's mom or dad or uncle or friend or you know older confidant who has been there done that is helping us get somewhere and always just reminds me to just to to act in the kind of way that you know when someone else asks you know who, who's your hero that if they ask say my name i'm actually worthy of it <laughs> that's right yeah and and that and that's yeah that's what i that's what i try to do you know, like I said, for my students in a way, you know, I want them to say, you know, because of you, I did this, you know, I want them to be on a podcast one day saying, you know, because of my instructor, he told me this and, you know, help me. And I mean, to me, that's what life's about, man. You got to, you know, make a difference. And because when we're gone, we're gone and you can't take anything with us when we're gone, you know, so it's what yeah, we leave. Yeah. And I just want to leave a legacy, my little small way. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a great transition to my last question for you, which is about your guiding principles. Right? One of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code, right? For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever puts them in Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up, I want to talk about the top one, maybe two principles that you use regularly in your life. Maybe something that you wish you'd known when you started out as a uh, entrepreneur. Wow. That, that's, that's another good question. Um, and I got to think about that for a second. Uh, there's, there's many, there's many, I, I guess my, my number one thing would be transparency. I think it's important to be open and honest. Um, number one with yourself. I think that's really important. I think a lot of people lie to themselves because of insecurity, um, or they're afraid of putting in the real work or they're afraid of the real answer. And so they'll come up with, you know, uh, an excuse 
or a victim type mentality of it's not my fault, it's someone else's fault. Here's why I can't succeed. So I think being open and honest with yourself, and that takes a lot of a big degree of like, you know, emotional intelligence and, and introspective thinking. And then, so that's the first level. And then of course, beyond that, in order to be, you know, sustainable in life, in your family, in your relationships with your friends or your marriage and in business, you have to be open and honest. And I think that's always a good place for people to start from, you know, and that, that served me well is just being honest. But the, being honest with yourself, that's the hard part. And I, I may still be working yeah, on that, to be quite honest, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And integrity is such a such a, a big thing. Um, and it's also, it's probably, you know, I, I said we're, we're a little past 200 episodes on this podcast. And it has surprised me a little bit how consistently that question is answered with some version of honesty and integrity wow. being the number one guiding principle for entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me because the, the, the reason we run this show is because we have this cultural sort of understanding that entrepreneurs are the villains, right? Like mm -hmm. you can't watch a TV show or a movie without the bad guy being some variation of, you know, bad guy pours, pours oil on ducks for money, right? Yeah. Um, and then like when you actually talk to entrepreneurs, like the ones who are actually, you know, moving and shaking and doing things in this world, it's completely different. Right. right. It's, it's right. Al almost always honesty, integrity, you know, how are we getting value to the world and making a difference? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting that, that you say that. I mean, it doesn't really surprise me, but, um, but I know I can see how it would surprise other people, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's the key is not having that, that victim mentality and just understanding that you are the hero, you know, and you may need the guide to kind of help you, but you can be the hero of your own story and you can pull yourself out of it. But if you remain the victim, there's no change for the victim. There is no, you cannot move forward if you're, if it's someone else's fault. So you got to take responsibility yeah. for where you're at and go from and there. I had a, one of my early mentors when I was a kid tell me that if it's not your fault, you can't fix it. That's right. You got to uh, wait for someone to save you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if that never comes, I guess you just sit there till the end, you know, like, yeah. yeah you and and how that it, it's interesting from, you know, from the whole hero show perspective that I, I almost think that that mentality, the, if it's not my fault, I can't fix it is a type of superpower all on its own. Mm. Right. Because if you realize that, Hey, if I take responsibility for this, then I can fix it. Then you can, you can change it and get different results. Yeah. Um, and most people don't know that. Yeah. so we, you can get such dramatically different results than other people in the world by just knowing that one thing and it's this that that belief you know that belief of who you are and the world around you and how things work and i think at the core is if you can change someone's belief about those things you can change everything but it um, belief is so powerful you know it's in it's in all the books it's it's said over and over again but you know that's really the key if you can change how someone perceives themselves in the world you can, you can get them to do great things. And it starts with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a uh, good place, I think, to wrap our interview on that note. So I do finish every interview with a simple challenge I call the Heroes Challenge. And I do this to help get access to stories I might not otherwise find on my own because, you know, not everyone's out doing the podcast rounds like you and I do. Um, so the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story here on the Hero Show? The first person that comes to mind for you. Well, this one's e this one's easy for me. Uh, and, and, you know, in my world, it's the martial arts world, but I'm going to try to, you know, steer it into another direction. 
But honestly, it's my brother, Jason Arsamont. Uh, he's inspired me so much. He's my younger brother. He started his companies before me. And I say companies because I really look at him as like a true entrepreneur. He's, he's built and sold numerous companies throughout his career. Uh, during the pandemic, he actually had to switch directions and actually started a, a company making a PPE gowns and became the number one, or I think number two, a PPE manufacturing company in the United States, like in, wow. the, in a matter of like six months. Uh, he's in the process of, of building other companies right now. So he just inspires me. And I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, I think he would be a great interview because I kind of have the more small business, you know, uh, passion business and him, it's different. It's not a passion business. It's how can we build this thing and, and sell it and make money and move on to the next. And so we, although we're both entrepreneurs in that, in that you know, realm, two very different uh, ways of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll we'll see if I can get an introduction to Jason. See if he'll come on the podcast. So yes, we yeah, always like cool. to get cool stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in comic books, there's always the crowd of people at the end who are cheering and clapping for the acts of heroism. So our analogous to that here on this show, as we wrap up, is where can people light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, you know, hey, I'd love to get your help or maybe get my kids enrolled in in uh, martial arts or something like that. And I think more important than that is who are the right types of people to actually reach out and you know do something with what you guys offer. So to clarify the question, who are the right kinds of people to, to reach out? Yeah, and where can they reach out? Oh, where the, uh, so you guys, yeah. I mean, obviously you guys, uh, social media is a great place. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Uh, uh, of course, so I'll just, you know, Josh Arsamont, uh, you can look me up on Facebook. Our website is www.heromaa.com. So that's Hero Martial Arts Academy, maa.com. You can definitely look us up there. Um, I love connecting with people and, uh, you know, also obviously like-minded people as well, because it helps me just as much as, as helps them. And yeah, any questions anyone ever has, I'm, I'm more than willing to help and share. And if you want martial arts classes and you're in Houston area, definitely look us up. We're looking to expand very soon. We're going to open a second location in the next guys, uh, six uh, months. You guys had to do or tried to do any of the uh, virtual learning? Oh, yeah. Since oh, the pandemic yeah. started? Oh yeah, we, we definitely went through that. We had to go virtual for, uh, here in Houston, it was only about three months. I know some of my other friends, it lasted for years, uh, but we went virtual and that was a really cool moment because we got a lot of our students who moved on and moved to different parts of the country and the world were able to tune in and, and train with us for a while. And it was fun, but it's a Band-Aid, you know what I mean? For what yeah, we do. For martial arts. Connection. Yeah, you need to be there. You need that sweat you need that hand on your back you need to show them the technique and i think that human connection with what we do will never be replaced with ai or you know any kind of virtual it, it, that's unique to martial arts you need human connection absolutely so we'll make sure we get the links to your academy in the show notes for um for the episode and so if people are interested in that definitely um i know my kids got a lot of value out of it when they were doing it um, and if we weren't traveling, we'd probably still be doing it, but we're in the midst of going around places. And it's difficult to, you know, have a, a grandmaster or whatever that you're going to regularly if you're all over the place. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's so. okay. They're getting better. They're getting a life experience that not many get. So that's really cool. I, I, I admire that. So my, my last question for you is, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? 
Words of wisdom, guys, just, uh, you know, surround yourself with the right people, look for mentors, find the coaching you need. If there's something in your business, be honest with yourself. If there's something in your business that you know you need help with, whether it's marketing, whether it's relations, whether it's, uh, you know, finance, be honest with yourself and then go find someone who can help with that or surround yourself with a network of people who can help because it can save you a lot of time, a lot of heartache and get you to your destination way quicker. Absolutely. Josh, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You're welcome.